Hey everyone, welcome back to The Start. I'm Nick. And I'm Patrick. And today we have with us Brian DeFeo. Brian is a good friend of mine and what I like to call Instagram famous. Uh, Seriously, look him up. He's got uh, hundreds of thousands of followers. Uh, He's a bit of a departure from the guests we typically have on the show. Um, He's not technical per se, but uh, he was an early adopter of Instagram. And that gave him the notoriety he needed to go on and start one of the first marketing agencies for Instagram exclusively. I don't know if you've heard of these, but uh, his is called the Mobile Media Lab. Uh, You're going to want to tune into this one. This is the start. Brian, dude, thanks for thanks for joining us on the start. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, this will be fun. Um, how's your week been? It's almost Friday. It's been busy. Always, every day's a little bit different here, but uh, always enjoyable. Yeah, no, it's good. New York has been an interesting. I feel like it's been like a, it was like bright and, and nice outside earlier in the week, and then as the week trudged on, it sort of got crappier. And uh, just uh, to let the listeners know, we're uh, we're. Recording live here from uh, Mobile Media Lab from uh, Brian's office, and uh, we're having a good time. We're all sit- we're all sitting together. Flat Iron District, Silicon Valley Alley, Silicon Alley represents Sil- Silicon Alley. Yeah. Um, so, Brian, why don't you tell us uh, who you are, what you do, and um, I guess how um, how you started wherever you think that start happened. Sure. Yeah, Brian DeFeo, uh, co-founder of the Mobile Media Lab which is a creative agency that works on Instagram with a network of influencers around the world. And we work with brands and agencies on one hand, coming up with creative campaigns to activate on the platform. And then we hire out of this network of photographers that we have to create the content, to talk about the brand, to get the message out there. That's awesome. You are, um, when Nick actually brought up you as a guest, I was like, this will be cool. And the way he mentioned it in the notes was, um, and this is by no means is, is a bad thing, but he's like, oh, he's Instagram famous. And I'm like, okay, this is intriguing. I was like, what do you yeah. mean? And then he sort of gave me like the, the quick gist. I was like, we definitely, that's really, really cool. All right, right on. Um, so you do the mobile media lab. You Before we started recording, you mentioned about the idea of community building. Do you want to take us back maybe um, if if your first interests growing up were photography where that started if the first interest growing up was around you mentioned like sociology and 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 bringing groups together where did uh you know if if you had to write your own story where would you begin at sure i would say the story begins uh in college slash graduate school so uh, you know here i am in an office in manhattan running this little creative agency but I studied Latin American studies and cultural anthropology in college and in graduate school and my themes there were social movements you know what brings people together what um, what values do people share how do they share them and why do they connect around the world I focused a lot on human rights for a while um, and so that idea turned into my first career after college which was leading these international travel programs for high school kids to Central America. 
That's cool. cool. Would yeah. you always go? Were you were like a tour guide that would always just South America was your was your thing? Yeah, that was yeah. your zone. Yeah, the company was called Global Works Travel. They're out of Boulder, Colorado, and I led trips for them for seven summers. Wow. Yeah, so I was really um, I was really bringing people together in the sense that these teenagers from around the country signed up to do community service, Spanish language learning, and kind of group building, community yeah, building. What an enriching program. It was Sounds really, cool. really great. Really great. It was also eight or nine weeks a summer in a tent or in a cabin without hot water. That'll so. make you appreciate air conditioning. Exactly. But, but you presumably had um, a camera, right? Yeah, well, no, at those point, yes, I had a camera, but it was a digital clunky camera that, you know, didn't really I take think the is, best Is the term the point and poop? It was a point and poop, exactly. It was a Kodak fun saver. And so, <laughs> and so uh, after when I, so there, there I am, you know, leading these trips, all these kids coming together, sharing this really cool experience. They come from all walks of life, all parts of the country and the world. And we had this experience together. Um, after that, I started running this place in downtown New York called The Hive at 55, which was yeah. one of New York's first co-working shared offices for startups. No, yeah, I'm, uh, I feel like I've seen, I don't know if they still exist, but yeah, sure. I've, um, there's a handful of those sites that are like, here's a list of all the co-working spaces or desks to rent, mm-hmm. whatever. And I think that was the way that I found out about Hive 55. Definitely, definitely. Totally. So at the Hive, I was the community manager, and I was there day one when they opened their doors, where when there was no community. Were you? So just to sort of put those two things together, you were doing the stuff after college, and then was the Hive the next step? Yeah, exactly. Right. When I was looking for jobs, I was looking for sales and marketing because also for those tour groups, I was also during the school year running around all these different yeah, prep schools, trying to get kids. schools, having kids sign up. Sure. So sales and marketing was natural. At that travel company, I started their Facebook page. You know, I was I saw value in social media as well. Then, this is you know oh six oh seven oh eight. Well, back then Facebook wasn't like people liked Facebook. You know, now I feel like it was uh, small. It wasn't a vehicle for just self promotion. Yeah, yeah exactly. That was, that was really a true way to connect with yeah. like minded people as well. You know, like I was saying earlier, these shared values. So then the Hive comes along, built up this community. It was really a wonderful experience. I further, further, further saw the value in especially Twitter, right? So at this point, you know, because the Mobile Media Lab is a social media advertising company. And so I firsthand would have people at the Hive at 55 on Twitter tag their friend and say, hey, I heard you needed an office space. Check out this place. And I would tweet back, come on by for a tour. So I was making sales over Twitter. It was bizarre. Um, It was conversion before conversion was like thought about for social channels. And then I had this, so then I had this event space and part of the job there was uh, putting together classes, workshops and having people come to the hive in the evenings for events, right? So then uh, in 2010, right, October 2020, uh, 2010, Instagram appears and I remember very specifically a good friend of mine to this day, this gentleman, Maliki, uh, walked over to my desk in the hive, he was a member and said, do you like photography? said, yeah, I kind of do. You know, I studied it in high school a little mm-hmm. bit. I, my DSLR, or my SLR, pardon me, my SLR was stolen in college, and I kind of just let go of yeah. photography. The digital well, point and poops came out. At that know. point, if you wanted to do good, correct me if I'm wrong, do good photography, it was an investment. Like a in good camera. Invest- time, yeah. also dark Close. room work. Sure, sure, yeah. yeah. Time in the dark room, not knowing what your photos are going to turn out like until you develop them, all that. And so he came over to my desk and says, do you like photography? 
said yes. He said, this new app, Instagram, is really, really cool. Yeah. So I was one of the first, you know, 100,000 people to download the app. So Maliki and I challenged ourselves who could get more followers. And so when they rolled out hashtags, we started going through, I started going through personally my free time, liking other people's photos. Yeah. Oh, really cool sunset. Check out my sunset. Yep. Photos started growing. Then uh, February 2011, Instagram announces the first Meetup Everywhere. So if you're not familiar with Meetup Everywhere, it's this new this alt, this you know platform that, that they have that brands can encourage their biggest fans yep. to create meetups around. Wait, them. so it's a... Uh... It's run by Instagram. It's run by Meetup. Oh, by meetup. Okay. Instagram launches Instagram Meetup Everywhere, their own account, which means then gotcha. I, as a user, gotcha. without signing up, can go to meetup.com yep. and say, okay. all right, on March 5th, I'm going to have a meetup. And so quickly, this is New York City, right? You, you know, Meetup Everywhere is launched. I got to assume someone was out there maybe trying to beat you to the punch to setting up setting up one here in New York, or, or was at, that all at you? At that point, I had already sort of established myself in this community or maybe even co-started the community, the online community, of just building up my audience. People that were following me would, I knew the New Yorkers would um, know the places where I shot photos, or I would be inspired by their photos and go hunt that photo, you know, oh, am I going to go take a shot at the Brooklyn Bridge at sunrise or something? So then, uh, meet up. Instagram launches Meetup Everywhere, and I have this free event space, and I'm kind of a natural organizer. So I select that location for our first event, and then I went through my Instagram feed and asked some of these people that I had met, again, online, virtually, Mm -hmm. digitally, if they wanted to present about their experience on Instagram. And that first event, about 50 people showed up. That night when I went, it was great. You know, I got beers and pizza. 50 people came, five people presented. It was really fun to meet people in real life, right? Well, these but, are probably people that you've liked photos, commented on totally. photos. You know, it's probably been reciprocated. So it was finally take online, offline, and mm-hmm. bring everybody together. And as we get into the business model for the Mobile Media Lab, really, it is that personal connection you yeah. make with. Now we call them influencers. Then it was just, oh, you're on Instagram too. You take a lot of photos, or take a lot of good photos, and have a lot of followers. So um, I went home that night and I grabbed, you know, Instagram NYC on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and the group was born. So that whole year, 2011, uh, we would do a meetup every month, you know, 50 people, 75 people, 100 people would show up. We would go to bars afterwards and get around free in the house because they're psyched to have 100 yeah. people in like, <laughs> Sunday afternoon. And what would you do, yeah, on a lot of these meetups? The meetups were both photo walks. So it would be, you know, meet us at the library steps um, and we're going to walk around, you know, and end up in Central Park. Um, or we would do these panel discussions. So I would have, uh, you know, people would talk about their editing process because iPhone then and still obviously is a really powerful tool. So this is, you know, I think three years ago, people using Snapseed, uh, teaching other people in a room how to edit and how to crop. Wait, and what is, I'm the loser, what's Snapseed? Snapseed, Snapseed is, um, geez, it's, it's incredible now. I mean, it's essentially Photoshop in your pocket. Oh, um, and, and now it's free. Google bought it maybe a year ago for millions if not hundreds of millions of dollars it used to be a five dollar download okay. um now it's free and it's just you know one of my top three kind of apps i have in my pocket gotcha and you okay. know what's crazy about it is i had a buddy who was learning how to like layer things or like make these 3d looking photos out of real photos and it's he had like a process of five or six or seven apps that he had to use i mean he had to use one app to do one mm-hmm. thing and then the next app and then the next he, app. so i cool. thought snapseed was one of those things where you can get two pan- two photos and like panes yeah, no, no. and I was like, oh, the only Instagram <laughs> no, no. trick I ever did 
did was I would I would double filter. Okay. So you and it's yeah. really hacky. You filter, publish, because it saves down to your camera roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Delete, filter again, publish. Yeah, mm-hmm. crap. Yeah. Yeah, those the the old days when you didn't have all these different tricks yeah. in your pocket. The people, the stuff that people are doing now is incredible. Um, so anyway, so yeah, to shorten up the story, right? Um, photo walks and meetup group. That stuff all takes off. So then. Um, you know, we can we can touch on it later, like my first jobs and everything. But really, what happened was, became a suggested user. So Instagram noticed what I was doing. Oh wow! Uh, and that blew out my following. You know, so way Who, back what are you on Instagram, by the way? Bri- bride diff. B r i d i f. Bride diff. So first syllable of was uh, was Brian name. taken when you got on there? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and so and so, sure enough, um, brand started knocking on my door, trying to hire me as an influencer on this new social media platform and I had no idea what to charge. How, how'd, that, how'd that feel? It felt awesome. It's pretty, it, it, yeah, was it's pretty it was cool. great. It was great. I mean, um, were you, you were still at the Hive at this time? Still at the Hive, yes, totally. So if you want to get into, let's get into the exact, like the real first experience. So the first so experience it. was, I'm a big music fan, uh, love rock and roll music and going to concerts and stuff. So sure enough, uh, Newport Folk Festival 2011 was sold out and I feel like I've heard of that before. It's pretty big, right? That's not small. And I remember that. I remember the photos, but go ahead. Yeah, sure, sure. And um, so my partner, Anthony, who uh, Patrick's sitting in his seat right now, um, so he and I and another friend of ours essentially emailed Newport Folk Fest and said, look, your your festival's sold out. Instagram's this new hot thing. Look at our big following, followings we have on this platform. Can we come up and get backstage access launch your Instagram account, yeah. take all these real-time photos. So it was event coverage. It was community building. We yeah. were meeting up with fans, you know, yes. telling people to tag their photos. That went really, really well. Now, and they said yes. Oh, they definitely like, said yes. So I got a question. Sorry to interrupt. Um, you said this was the first one. And you just mentioned that in the beginning when Brains were reached out, you didn't really know what to charge. So was this sort of like a medium for you to be like, hey, can I come to your show? By the way, sure. I do all this shit for you for free? Yeah. Or how that works? Well, that's this is all, so I'm, I backed up. So gotcha. okay. this is still Meetup 2011, okay. summer, you know. You were a suggested user, though, and your followers. Suggested user, shipping. organizing these events, and just saw this opportunity of, you know, could I could I convince these people to trust me to become a, a essentially a media personnel at this festival? Yeah. Go backstage, photograph the, the uh, musicians, and then also go out in the audience. At, and I was photographing as Newport Folk Fest as well and try to meet people and everything. So that went really well. They were psyched. Um, I haven't skipped the festival since then. So uh, <laughs> definitely a part of my life now. I'm sure you, you hold a warm spot in their heart too. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's like the best cold email. It went yeah, that's a, quite a success. That's, I was one for one. Yeah, let me do all, all the hard work for you, please. Mm-hmm. Just let me come to the It was console. cool because they really invested a lot of time in their Tumblr. Their Tumblr okay. back then. So they Tumblr got it. They understood. Them. Yeah, Tumblr featured them, um, and they would feature their tags of folk fashion, folk music tags. So as luck would have it, my contact at Newport Folk Festival became head of digital at Puma. And Puma then, this gentleman got in touch with me after the festival and said, I'm putting together this sailing, this sailing photo trip. So that was sweet. That. Totally. So Puma was sponsoring a 72-foot, $20 million, whatever. Was it Monaco? Carbon Dubai? fiber. Who's that? Did you go to Monaco at some point? No, no, we went to Abu Dhabi. Okay. So oh, this world, around the world sailing race, and this guy, Andrew, that left Newport Folk Fest and went to Puma, convinced Puma to send 10, or no, eight popular bloggers 
and two Instagrammers to Abu Dhabi. So it was Anthony, my partner, and I. And then was it still 2011? Yeah, still 2011. Okay. So some of the, if you follow any um, fashion really bloggers. Sorry, I graduated college in 2011. Oh yeah, awesome. I don't even think awesome. I had in- Instagram. I didn't. I don't think I knew Instagram existed. That's what I'm saying. You're going from a little co-work space to Rhode Island to now to Abu, Abu Dhabi, Dhabi. Sure. off uh, off an app yeah, that, that you acted on. Nice. Totally. Yeah. No, no, no worries. No, it's, it's ridiculous. I definitely still pinch myself. Um, so we go to Abu Dhabi, and you know, whirlwind, five days, six days there. We're on the sailboats. We're you know, in the desert in four-wheel drive trucks. It was just totally You were dune awesome. bashing? It was sweet. So yeah. It was sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. It was great. Oh, it was a dry country, so it can't really get too but, hunter so it. Here's a, again, sorry for the random tangent. I've been to Dubai. Mm-hmm. I was in Dubai for a month. And yeah. I loved it. And it's it's, it's there, cool. I mean, there's, there's yeah. stuff to do there. I mean, there's definitely an, an expat culture there. There's yeah. art galleries and stuff in Dubai. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's an interesting area because it's very much like we still want to be... Um, a forefront in the world, but we still want to maintain our cultural heritage mm-hmm. and, and and where's the balance there? I mm-hmm. thought that was really really interesting about the place and the pink taxis for um, uh, individual women. I think right, yeah, something like that. It was a it's an interesting culture. It is yeah. It, it was definitely surreal being there. I mean, I remember going. So in order to drink, you have to go to the hotel bars. Yep. I remember being in Abu Dhabi, going to this hotel bar, and I mean. The band was essentially the band that's in Swingers. You know in Swingers, if you know that movie when the, the woman's playing the drums and the guy's playing the piano, this is like horrible, crappy hotel band. <laughs> yeah. These like 60-year-old people. The bands were worse than that. And they were just <laughs> playing like Jimmy Buffett music. It's like, what? where the hell am I, right? But you, it's the only place to really... American of, culture. Yeah, exactly, at, at its finest. Uh, so, so we get back from Abu Dhabi and... Have you heard of uh, socialfresh.com? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, that's uh, Jason and Keith. Yeah. yeah, so Jason Keith was also working at the Hive out of that space. At oh, the time. cool. So I came back from that trip and said, you know, can I write an article? Or we just, he was like, you want to write an article about that experience? And the title was, you know, um, to what extent will brands go on social to get exposure? And the answer is a lot. Puma, 7,000 miles. Yeah, and who knows how much they spent to fly us all out there, put us up in a nice hotel and all that stuff. So, and also the cool thing about that trip was take any photo you want, just tag it Puma and tag it this, yeah. right? It's just do your thing. Total create, creative independence. How many, at, at that time, how many of you were using, you know, were there the uh, iFi cards? So, you know, all iPhone. Like, oh, all iPhone at this point. Okay. I mean, the guys we were with, look, I brought a Canon Rebel and was essentially mocked. You know, the other guys, the, the photo bloggers on that trip, I mean, I shouldn't say mocked. One of them was um, Jamie Beck, which, uh, uh, fr- from me to you. She's a total uh-huh. powerhouse in terms of fashion photography and the blogger space. My girlfriend probably knows who, who She's that super tan. Another guy, James Nord, was on the trip. He's another really popular New York uh, fashion photographer. These guys have, you know, five different lenses and two bodies. And so I brought, like, my Canon Rebel. Mm-hmm. Thank God I brought that. And just, it wasn't just iPhone, you know? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Really, that's what, that's what it was. It was get back to the hotel, get on the Wi-Fi, put up your photos, do your thing. So come back from there, write an article for Social Fresh. Uh, which got really great exposure, a ton of traction. Well, he was doing really good. I mean, he is still doing very good things, but at the time, I, you know, it sounds like it was definitely a perfect storm because 2011, well, 2009 to 2011, social was definitely in the forefront. That's when Social Fresh, Blog Her, Blog World, mm-hmm. or Blogger World, whatever, all those things were sort of... Mashable, like yeah, mashable. Yeah, mashable. They were all stirring yeah. the pot that got the most. Yeah, so it's good. It's the cool that you bring that up because the trajectory that now things really start sort of snowballing, which I guess is downhill or hockey sticking. Um, 
That's January 2012. So Fashion Week was February 2012. And... That's when I started getting approached for with dollars. That's the first time anyone said, you know, I want to pay you. And so I'll never forget my first job was shooting the Rebecca Minkoff fashion show. Okay. And I didn't know who Rebecca Minkoff is. So for the other you do guys in the room, that she's a handbag designer. Uh, and so I was just like, okay, it sounds great. She's, uh, well, her social presence is... So I did, I did a little bit of time in fashion PR, fashion social. Uh, she has a pretty solid... Oh, yeah. Like social presence. Yeah. So the fact, and this is no discredit to you, but the fact that they were like, we need to bring in more people or an outsider to mm-hmm. help partner with. Well, so, but you're touching on another good element of what my company does, which is they have professional photographers taking that, yeah. that runway, you know, yeah. that, the sexy runway shot for media. That's, we're not reinventing that. What we're doing is this, this new perspective, the new aesthetic. And, you know, it was really flat. And they're like, they're like, we love your eye. We, we, we love how you just capture the atmosphere to yeah. do your thing. But I also think I got paid $200 for eight photos, right? And so nowadays, I mean, you know, that's, I would, that's like half of a photo's cost at this point, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, so that happened. Another great experience was W Hotels uh, contacted me. That was through an, an agency called DBA, Digital Brand Architects. Which, I was actually going to bring them up. I, yeah. My buddy Jake Hamill works there. Really? Yeah, they definitely uh, pioneered this space. Yeah, the they've done. Influencer. DB, shout out Jake and actually Jake and Sandra Gill, two people. I used to work mm-hmm. with them at Factory PR. Um, they're both over there, but they do a lot of really good stuff in, in the fashion. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I know them yeah, for so their work in the fashion. That's, that's like another space that we like when like I like to say that we created our own industry in the in the photo influencer space, not the fashion space and not yeah. the blogger space. So you know, Instagram is not text focus, and and I mean it is now really fashion has a fashion element to it, but really it was just these sharing these images, you know? Um, so then, so then, um, that's, this is February, 2012, you know, W hotels, Rebecca Minkoff, my partner, Anthony got approached by somebody, uh, to work that fashion week. And my ex partner, Liz, uh, she also was getting approached by these agencies. So we all were friends. We're all talking and we just said, were you, know, you all still doing your own, like still had full-time job? Oh yeah. Liz was a senior in college. <laughs> I was running the hive. That's awesome. I mean, I'm also like 10, 10 years older than those guys. I'm 36. Um, so, and Anthony was like, you know, you're out of college, his first job here in town. Uh, so we, I remember, never forget, we sat in a room about this size at the hive in a conference room at six o'clock at night. And we're like, let's just start a freaking company. I mean, brands don't know what the hell they're doing on Instagram. We don't know what to charge. There's definitely a cool opportunity. Let's do the it. demands there, yeah. yeah. And so I mentioned my partner before. The Mobile Media Lab stands for Liz Anthony Bryan. It's kind of how we came up with the name. We, we started with the word lab from our initials. Uh, oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, wait, I was like, Mobile Media? Bryan Liz? It's like yeah, lab, yeah. But I so got the, the lab. Part. So the lab is our initials. Mobile Media was and still is kind of the space we work in. Uh, we're super psyched that, that we chose that name and not like Insta Network or yeah. Yeah. Photogrammers or something, right? So anyway, from there, man, I mean, a lot of connections we made. Um, Dave Brown, we mentioned him earlier before we started recording, who uh, was at Etsy and is now at, at MKG. Um, good friend of Nick and mine. Uh, he came to me from MKG, which is an experiential marketing company. Yeah. And then it's like, now we're like April and it's, and it's, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, it was April and it was, uh, the Rangers just got into the playoffs mm. and Delta is a client of MKG. So he said, what if we got, you know, five of the biggest Instagrammers in New York city to go to MSG for a Rangers game, 
tore the entire garden. We were up in the rafters. We mm-hmm. were in the TV studio. It was too. so yeah. amazing. I was in the penalty box during warm-ups. Right? Wow. So cool. So that also got picked up um, by ESPN and Mashable and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, at that point, okay, so... <laughs> Yes, let me keep talking. I'll keep talking. Uh, so now, April, right? What happened in April 2012? Android launched for Instagram. Okay. And they added a million followers in 24 hours. Wow. And I vaguely remember a week later, out. Facebook buys Instagram. So Facebook buys Instagram mid-April 2012. And by that point, you know, my quote-unquote clients were the Rangers slash Delta and Rebecca Minkoff and W Hotel. So people started Googling you know, Instagram marketing, we're the only company out yeah. there that has that phrase on our freaking website. Were you guys, thought of it. Were you guys worried about the acquisition at all? I, I mean, I yeah, exactly would have point. nothing yeah. to do unless they uh, shut down Instagram, right? But otherwise... We totally were. Now that I think about it, sure, there was definitely an element of, whoa, this, this is a good thing, this is a bad thing. But really quickly, I mean, dude, the phone just rang nonstop, you know? Not a bad that's, position. That's also a lie because we didn't have a phone then. <laughs> the inbox the email, just yeah. became flooded, right? The inbox um, rang off the hook. Right, and, yeah. <laughs> and so really after that, I mean, Facebook, Android, we have a website. I, you know, at that point, we're the only people that has a website with text that says Instagram, marketing, advertising, all that stuff. And since then, I mean, yeah, the next big client was Samsung. That's well, and that's cool because uh, Samsung. Actually, there's a there happens to be a lot of name dropping out on purpose, but um, my friend Santiago works. I think he leaves a Samsung account over at um, Edelman. Edelman, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Do on. you know Santiago Pochat? I don't. Doesn't ring a bell. I um. You if you haven't, you probably you might work yeah. with him soon in the future. Well, but I forget. He might have been our honestly two years ago. So maybe. I, I don't even. But know. yeah, they uh Samsung's. Him and I were chatting one day, just shooting the shit, and they're really on top of it. Like they are aggressively, not in a bad way, but a very tasteful way. Samsung as a company and their battle with Apple is I mean, it's impressive. And those yeah. those commercials with the line of people and what you know, mm-hmm. holding the spot for their parents, you know, yeah. remember that? Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Going at them, yeah. Yeah. yeah but are. but I will say Samsung only last week, two years later, launched their Instagram account. They didn't have really? we did a full our first complex five week long campaign, it was not driving traffic to an account. Believe so where was it driving to? Just populate the hashtag. I mean, mm. that's not bad. We should have a museum in our office of all the various Android phones that we've had. I mean, they're, they're getting bigger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Those are, that was the Galaxy thing. Note. I'm just yeah, poking yeah. fun at the fact that, that, that we were like, what about the S3 at that point, maybe? Like, no, 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 we're, we're pushing the Galaxy Note, and the thing was massive. Yeah, the yeah. thing's like, the, the, the thing's basically a tablet. Yeah. It, uh, Samsung's an interesting company. I So I did some freelance work for um, an ad agency that works with Samsung a lot. Um, and we, work with Sam, we worked with Samsung not only in the States, but also in Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, and their, the way they conduct business in Korea versus in the U.S. is, there's a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of vast differences between the two. Um, so it's a pretty interesting beast. I have some mm-hmm. good friends still at Samsung from Korea, um, but yeah, sorry, that was a random tangent. No, no, so, I mean, I so, yeah, yeah. It seems like everything's going pretty swimmingly in this period of time. Um, any horror stories, you know, in this period? Any anything that just kind of well, went off the rails and maybe learned something from? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, first, I just also want to another cool tie-in is the fact that when we launched the company, remember I'm sitting in the hive. So, 
if you want to get into lessons learned and all that stuff, I mean, I had attorneys, developers, designers, PR people all in that office that I had had known for two years. So really, virtually overnight, we had people to create our company with us and also that, like, loosely defined group of advisors. You know, I would just walk over to someone else and be like, hey, man, you started three companies. You know, like, where do I start? Um, So that was really, really helpful, being immersed in the startup space and having all those people, you know, legal Zoom and, I mean, the guys that developed our website, which... Whoever's out there listening to the mobilemedialab.com still love our website. It's a killer site. Those guys were Hive members that built it. Yeah, those guys have since built this really cool tracker that we have through the Instagram API for our clients. So it's just all about those connections you make and and tapping into those and and keeping them them active. So the horror story, so it is actually connected to Samsung. and now that it's been almost two years, I'm totally cool talking about cool. this. Cool, we got the scoop. We always for try a to while, get the scoop here. Yeah, for a while, it's just it was like Jesus Christ, but what would we do? Okay, so there are these FTC guidelines to social media marketing. Yes. Okay, sure. which is disclosing to your audience that you are being paid yeah. to talk about something. Yep. Do you think I knew what that shit was? I mean, you know, this is no. over two years ago. Yeah. It was happening so quickly. There was no time to figure it out. Sure. So, so at this point, you know. Luckily, we, we still have the same attorney, but we definitely sought out one of the, our biggest investments was an entertainment media attorney that we have a retainer with that when we need her, she is there, which is yep. awesome. Um, so about a week into the Samsung job, it was a five-week-long job, five photographers walking around with Samsung phones saying, you know, I'm using the Samsung phone. People were saying, oh, how's the camera? Oh, the camera's pretty good. You know, are we endorsing it? Are we promoting it? Whatever. But the... We get this email in our inbox from uh, um, Forbes magazine, a journalist from Forbes magazine, saying, Hi, I've been noticing your Samsung um, promotion. Would you please... I'm doing a, an article about um, influencers com- complying to the FTC guidelines of disclosure. Do you care to comment? We're just like, what is disclosure? I don't know. Well, let, uh, pause, quick Google, right? Yeah. The attorney advised us, you know, just to politely ignore that email. And um, sure enough, yeah, the article came out. There were no um, negative repercussions from it, but it was a huge wake-up call because we definitely obviously want to play by the book. Shit's going to get real real quick. Yeah, right? exactly. You know? yeah. yeah, I mean, and we're, we comply now and we have since then. And um, so the big sort of wake-up call, kind of freaky what are we doing? Because, you know, oftentimes if you're like me, someone that didn't go to business school and didn't really think they were going to start their own company, but now we're there, it's a lot of like, holy shit, what am I doing? <laughs> right? <laughs> and so that that article totally um, really freaked us out. It was one of those feelings. Just, yeah, yeah it's like, what the hell are we doing? So then we started, I mean, man, we were, we were hashtagging, you know, sponsored gram if you google sponsored gram on one of these instagram third party yeah. sites there's probably like 14 photos that use that tag that we did you know a long time ago we were just like what are we going to do how are we going to disclose it now our whole disclosure thing is we just say you know thanks PetSmart for inviting me to your event or thanks new york rangers okay. for the free tickets you know instead yeah. of the hashtag ad yeah. i don't think the hashtag ad thing is well, that, and I'm, I'm not asking to question, but I'm asking because I don't actually know. That saying thank you for inviting me or thank you for um, this form of payment is sufficient enough for FTC. Oh, yeah. 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 It applies, right? And it's only... Happy to be working with... Yeah. And it's only one time. You only have to do it once? We, yeah, you, you know. Do it on all of them? If you want to get into the have to, I mean, it's... It, it, 
still, I've not. I, no one knows. No one's given me a straight answer as to who's actually responsible. Is it the Got photographer? It. Is the it the person writing the check? Right. Yeah. You know. So, okay. and we're in the middle. Yeah. So, but again, these photographers are signing work assignments for each job, and that says you got to disclose. It's yeah. up to them. They know their audience best, but we definitely want to play by the books. That makes total sense. So, question. Actually, I think that brings up a good point. Um, you mentioned the idea of, well, it's not an idea, it's how you guys run the business, but you work with other photographers. So I'm curious how you came about that, because it sounds like in the beginning it was you, Anthony, and Liz. Yeah, it's, it's really easy to answer that. At, at the very beginning, we realized this is bigger than us. Gotcha. Totally bigger than us. And so, as luck would have it, I was sitting on this meetup group of people that I curated for the previous year. All these New Yorkers, Instagram blogged about me. I'm kind of known in that world at this time as this New York City-based Instagrammer who invites all these other Instagrammers together every, every month over the weekend. So Samsung, we hired two other people out of our group of friends. Rangers, we hired two other people from our group of friends. So right off the bat, we knew this was bigger than just us. Were these friends photographers or were they just friends? No, they were definitely people I met through Instagram. Gotcha. Right? So okay. all the people that we worked with then and a majority of the people that we work with now are people that downloaded the app, love photography, love community, and grew their audience naturally, organically, whatever. So then... You know, we we talk. I talk a lot about social capital. So I built up this social capital in this space, and my footprint is large in the Instagram influencer landscape. So if I, you know, skipping to today, if I need, if a client wants, you know, a guy in Seattle that loves hiking, and I don't have that person in my network, I can find him through my connections and really? comment on his yeah. feed and say, "Hey, man, I got a job." with this watch company and they click on my profile and they see who I am and they respond. Cool. Gotcha. No, that's really, it it almost goes back to the Newport example where your following kind of sealed the deal. So same deal. They go onto your profile and they say, yep, got to work, got to work with this. Totally, totally. With this day and age, you know, now it's getting really crowded. So it's, and I just want to make a point that it's your following as well as the quality of what's going on there. Oh, because sure. there are so many Instagram accounts out there that you just scratch your head. How the hell do they have so many followers? It's all the butt, it's the butt shots, the duck shots. Not even, you know, they are, they're high schoolers. Yeah. I yeah. can't believe these young kids, how many followers they have. And yeah, this stuff's questionable. We work with this one kid who's probably 16 in Sydney, Australia. She's an agent, an LA-based talent agent. And he contacted us and he's like, this girl's going to be really popular. We want to work with you. That's crazy. Fascinating. And is she really popular? Half a million followers on Instagram, 170,000 followers. They're just Twitter taking pictures followers. of, and I'm being facetious here, taking pictures like rubber ducks in their sandals. And yeah, like no, it's her on the beach, lights. it's her on the beach, it's with her you know, feet out. It's interesting, though, because um, I'm 25, Nick is, I don't know how old? 27. You're 36, so we understand the business implication and the massive and sheer size, but no matter what, you're hypothetically never going to have the same impact that that 16 year old is going to have just because it's not it's a it's an added benefit to our life for them it's embedded you know what i mean sure yeah exactly they're not they don't wake up in the morning saying i need more instagram followers because i want to make money off of it they just know it's like popularity thing well yeah and they don't even i think for a short period of time and you probably know a little bit more about this than i do um physical cameras are really popular because uh, you had like your the big hefty DSLRs or you know the Canon Rebel was still like 800 bucks like mm-hmm. starter kit 
and then you have like the really really nice ones uh, mm. which are upwards of like five ten thousand dollars sure. and i remember because i was you know working but doing uh like market research and it was like this weird middle ground where you had uh point and shoots which were too poor quality to actually get some realness mm-hmm. so parents are buying kids like 800 cameras mm. just so they could get take pictures with their friends but that was a very very short-lived time totally because phones got better um battery got better cameras on phones got better and instagram yep other apps made it a lot easier to share so it was a, it was almost like this is you know the phone is an, ex- is an extension of their arm and now the camera is an extension of their eye yeah the camera really is the game changer and that's what instagram really hit gold on because twitter obviously twitter changed things drastically but i like to say that not everyone has something to tweet about or not everyone has a link they want to share on Facebook, but most people have a photo they want to share. Yeah. You know, their food in the morning, a sunset at night, yep. a milestone in their life. Well, there's always something, that is probably a bad way to think about it. there's always something to look at. Right? Sure, yeah, exactly. Um, someone might be able to make something cool out of your bulletin board and the green wall behind us or the, the drinks that you have over there. Like, mm-hmm. there's just totally up for creativity. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's nuts. So... Anything from your past, I guess, growing up, or even, you know, in college when you were studying, um, I guess, sociology or anthropology, uh, anthropology yeah. elements of that, that, you know, have kind of equipped you for today, you know, for what you embarked on? Sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, and like, I also didn't study sales. Um, so the way I've learned sales and the way I've learned bringing people together is just all through experience. And I think it's just how my brain works. It's sort of latching on to my connection with somebody right so if it's um if it's you know a potential client having lunch with them or it's um meeting some instagrammers or something it's you know finding out what they're all about and making that connection with them and that's just something i think i grew it grew out of anthropology and travel and you know the one of the concepts behind anthropology is you know what what is the other what is this other person and, and, and how do you define that and uh, so it's a lot of, and like ethnography is all about, you know, the anthropologist sits in a room quietly and just observes everybody else. And then mm-hmm. they go home and they figure out these patterns and language and all this cool stuff there. So that's kind of, I think that's what my brain latched onto at an early stage. And when it comes to photography, I mean, this community of people who are all brought together through this photography world has been mind blowing. I mean, and, and think about memes. I mean, memes on social media is such a sociological base, I think. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's sometimes a meme is really, and I'm not really huge into them, and I was kind of an anti-meme guy, you know, because I was just kind of this crotchy, so well, I was just crotchy old man. And then actually Johnny Hallman, um, who was a, a guest of ours, has this awesome archive of these, of these, so is it, is it these GIFs that he's, that he's saved. It was, it was a drop mark link. And so it's public. It's a ton of them. And sometimes, and I've, I've shared a few in response to something, sometimes you know, a meme or a GIF is really like the only way to to express like this this like intricate or it's, unique emotion, like yeah, for sure. See, and well, and, and the other cool thing that Instagram tapped on in the visual thing is like, all right, when I say meme, I guess I'm more saying, for lack of a better term, a hashtag gallery. So, and it's it's pretty. There's a lot of spam on these hashtags, but one is, for example, vanishing point. If you go to that hashtag on Instagram, it's cool. railroad tracks into the distance. It's Fifth Avenue into the distance. It's oh, wow. a, yeah, it's a huge pier in the ocean into the distance. And that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's, actually, I didn't even know. No, no that, that's almost like... Or I from might, where I stand. Yeah, you know, it's like I might phrase that as like hashtag art. 
and you know, it, by that I mean like you're taking some particular thing and making your own piece of art out of it, just because that's yeah. that's not easy. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. So then this is like a big experiment for you, really, if you think about it. This is like an, this is what an ethnographer does uh, in like a, a, a unique moment in time, but you're actually able to do it now from behind a phone or behind a screen. You're actually able to yeah. observe. And you don't have to all be in people. every country yeah. Sure. Well, yeah. And, and also, I think you touch on also the fa- like the photographer hat. So I'm not a trained photographer at all, but I really, really fell in love with it. And part of photography is sort of patience and waiting and, and waiting for these elements to come together, like street photography. If you ever get into street photography, you know, like I can stand, I can go to an alley in Chinatown and wait for a yellow taxi to go by or wait for an old man to go by. You know, I could take that photo without those other elements. It might be a good photo, but if you if the timing is there and you wait for it and you kind of have a thought of like what might anticipate what might happen and you can time your shutter, it's pretty sweet. Do yeah. you know the, uh, I'm actually, I pulled up my phone to Google. It's a book. It's by uh, Freddie Shabazz, I think. I think that's it. Or Jamal Shabazz, that's what it is. I don't know. It's, no, it's Freddie uh, yeah, it's called Back in the Days. Have you ever? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll shoot you the link and I'll put it in the show notes because it, yeah, it's, it's Back in the Days. It's Jamal Shabazz and Fab Five Freddy. So it's it's literally just um, a photography book of like real life people mm-hmm. from the eighties in New York City. Oh, so sweet. Sweet. Kangles, um, Levi's with like fat lace, nice shell toe Adidas. Yeah. yeah, it's an incredible. It's probably one of my favorite photography books just because it's like it's not um it's not a really pretentious version of New York City. It's not like um, the luxurious people oh, yeah. whisking around and whatever. It's like kids in the hood. Yeah, um, pretty. Yeah, it's really real. Checking out Vanishing Point right now on Instagram. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's amazing. There actually, there's not one bad photo. I think I put one up uh, two days ago of some train tracks. But I think what also out. is interesting there, worth noting, is, and this is one of the, you know, like, I do feel I pioneered this or part, help pioneer the space that we're in in terms of advertising on Instagram. And, you know, when we would go on photo walks as the Instagram meetup group, I would start off by saying, all right, guys, today's hashtag is, you know, NYC Central Park Walk or something. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to the bar two hours later and we hit the hashtag. And, you know, in social media talk, that's user-generated content right there. Yeah. It's a bunch of photos all around a theme. It's just not branded at that point so when we started the company I mean I get paid to host photo walks now with with clients and it's the same thing I did then it's just the brand wants the exposure the brand wants that gallery the brand wants to see the whole content all put together in that beautiful grid how do you give a brand that because it's it's theirs because they paid you but it's not theirs because it's done by you so really you know one of the buzzwords in our field is this, this amplification the awareness right so the idea behind like one of the values we offer our clients is you know um i don't know sony has their own instagram account the people that follow sony actively chose to follow sony well if sony hires 10 instagrammers and mails them one of their cool cameras and says go out and use the camera but hashtag it this and then it tells other people you know if you own a sony camera hashtag it this and then sony now has this pool of photos they're, they may never even use them, but it's yeah. just all the, the trickle down of all those followers that, you know, potentially are seeing a photo that's branded Sony. Yeah. Hopefully they take an action to follow Sony. That Maybe that plants that purchasing seed in their head next time they're at Best Buy, you know. So then I guess a follow up for me and I'm, I mean, 
interested in it because I used to do the marketing stuff. Um, and I just had a bigger passion for development, which is why I switched. But um, So taking that example, Sony comes to you guys, um, and you bring 10 photographers on. Sony gives them all cameras, or what, they give them equipment to take these photographs. How does that translate to Instagram? Because at that point, Instagram is just a media channel. It's not... Yeah. It's not a creation channel because they're not actually taking the photo with their phone. They're taking totally. it with a camera, potentially editing, and then someone's uploading it to Instagram. Mm-hmm. So how does that work with, um, I don't want to say authenticity, and you know, by no means am I poking or anything, no, no, no. but um, I, I feel like if I saw a fantastic photo and I was like, oh my God, how'd they do that? My immediate thought would be like, how can you do this with Instagram? But the reality is they did it with a $2,000 DSLR. Yeah, exactly. I mean... Back in the day, uh, mobile photography and part of the reason why we have mobile media in our name is it was all about, you know, what can you take on an iPhone? Yeah. What can you do on an iPhone? Within right? these constraints. Yeah, exactly. And that was a beautiful time to be in, but mm-hmm. things have changed drastically. And yeah. Well, that's when it was... There's no, sounds, more, no rules anymore. It's bad, but that's like, you can almost... Like, that's when we had to walk uphill both ways in the snow with bare feet. Yeah, exactly. Right? No, absolutely. Yeah, but there's no, and there's no rules, and it comes down to preference. Like, I prefer seeing a great, an incredible photo. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make me think, oh... That's ingenuine or that's inauthentic because they use an SLR. I know it was an SLR and I like it that much better for yeah. it because it's beautiful and it's, you know, and it, the colors are rich and it's just like. Yeah, but you're, but you're, you're an intelligent person that understands photography and you can see those nuanced differences in a photo. Whereas I think the majority of people aren't generally, A, they might not care, but B, yeah. if they do care, can they really tell if that's iPhone or not? And, and I was part of that whole sort of evolution, right? And at the beginning, it, like when I said, it was a beautiful time because. It did level photography yeah. in a sense because suddenly the only – before Instagram opened up the, the, your ability to upload from your camera roll because for a while it was – yeah, for, for a while you could only shoot in the app. So it was like, you know, what can I do, A, in square and B, with the sensor on this little phone, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, and that's largely why I think it took off though. It's the guardrails that make that happen because that's where yeah, it brings four, out – It's 140 the, characters. The creativity, exactly. Yeah. That's – but, it, you know, I guess it uh, – it depends on your mindset. I think when I see uh, one of my friends, Ami Song, she does uh, mm-hmm. cool. yeah. whatever her website is. I forget what it is. Song of Style. There you go. Um, and she has fantastic photos. And actually, what's it, a tangent on a tangent, there was an article in uh, New York Mag about there's an Instagram account that's calling out fashion bloggers oh, really? for nice. uh, the food they're not really eating. Uh, so you have all these like super fake watches. Oh uh, no no no! So it's like uh, it's whoever this person is still unnamed. They chose to be anonymous, nice. but they were like, I was tired of this size zero, beautiful woman holding up four donuts to her face, acting like she ate it, and she didn't. So she like calls them out, which is hilarious. But you have those individuals who are like, I would I do the same thing that you do. I look, I'm like, oh cool, fun stuff. I was like, oh man, that's a great photo. But I wonder how many people sort of emulate the same way they might emu- try to style themselves the same way their their favorite fashion blogger would like how would you try to I know you're tapping into the whole perception and, and yeah. you know social media people are typically kind of putting up their best self yeah. up there and stuff but um, yeah and you're also tapping into the whole storytelling thing there too so a lot of these popular Instagram these influencers the ones I really like to work with are the ones that can that can transport their audience to this little snippet of life and tell that little story yeah, in and this get, little corner 
get some subtle branding in there to make the client happy too. You know who does that really well too? And and I want to, we're getting kind of down to it, so I want to definitely uh, ask another question or two. Um, but Bobby Hundreds from the Hundreds um, uh, clothing line, usually when he posts a photo, I, I typically don't like this, but when he does it, it's great because he's a good writer and he can tell that story. He'll add a paragraph. With really? It. You know, he'll really, he'll really I find tell it that so story. Difficult. I agree. <laughs> no, no, no. So to read or to, to, to create? To, to create it. it. I guess um, you can just copy and paste. Yeah, I'm with it. Then you drag it over to iChat. That's that's what I'm saying. He may do that, but uh, his stuff's always pretty good like that. Um, so Brian, okay, if you could give your younger self uh, one piece of advice, what would sure. Be? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I, here, hold on. I, I made wanna, some notes on that question. I want to throw. <laughs> can I? I, I want to throw a bit of a constraint on that. Yeah, yeah. So right, please. Yeah. Thirty-six now. Yourself in college, yeah. Um, before you worked at the high, before Instagram was a thing. Mm-hmm. What would uh, just, I guess, general life? What would you tell your younger self? I mean, I, I've, I'm a big um, balance Libra person, so I would say, you know, it's like, <laughs> what's that? When's your birthday? September 23rd. And I'm October 20th. Uh, cusp. We're both yeah. on the cusp. September 14th. I'm a Virgo. All right, right on, right on. Yeah, yeah, I identify with Libra more in the sentence. So, you know, what would I tell my my younger self? You know, it's that. It's that balance between, you know, follow definitely your path, follow what you're passionate about. Um, but what I, what, what I would like to tell myself more is probably uh, listen to others and take that advice as well. Um, the older I've gotten, my, my ability to sort of, ass- my pragmatic decision making has been really great because in the early days I think I made a, you know, took a career choice or moved to that one city like uh, rashly or something. So it's just sort of, Patience, I think with age, you get a lot of patience uh, and just decision making and take your time because, you know, you only... How old is Mobile Media Lab? Uh, just over two years. Okay. So there was, it sounds like there was a lot of stuff going on between college, the Hive, Mobile Media, like well, the proper... Well, travel company for those seven years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's true, too. But um, I, taught, I taught English as a second language. I backpacked around a little bit. Yeah, so you got a lot of life views to sort of... I know, because we haven't heard anybody talk about, like, the idea of balance. Well, but yes and no, because we did have Lauren um, Baxter, who kind of brought in the traveling piece as well, though, and kind of, yeah, yeah a little bit true. about the no, balance. No, that's a good point. But balancing, like, logic, I guess, with emotion as well and, and decision-making, so. Yeah, there's a theme, there's a theme for this season is travel, and right. it's making yeah. me feel like... I mean, you know, I do, I do say, I mean, man, I studied abroad in high school and in college, and there's just nothing... And another thing that I would say is, you know, life lessons stuff is this thick skin. It's so hard to train yourself to let go of shit you can't control oh yeah right oh yeah i mean i have been you know whether it's you lose your passport or your shit gets stolen or and when i was leading those trips you know 18 kids are landing tomorrow morning and i go to the rental van place and the guy's like you never made your van reservations oh my god that's like a scene from seinfeld exactly and it's like it's like whoa and i have a freaking rash on me because i'm all stressed out so it's just you know just yeah you gotta it's 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 hard to say um I mean, it's it's easier said than done, sure. but just you know, go with the flow and let yeah. It go. I've always <laughs> tried to live by the idea of if you can make a direct impact and, and if you have control in the scenario, do your best that you can. If you mm-hmm. can't, it's not worth it. Although I don't really adhere to it myself, I need to more. But yeah, well, it's also tapping into the classic like entrepreneur pivot. There, you know, it's essentially you need to change. Something needs to happen. You know, and you need to, if you need to make a left, you need to make a right. You need to go backwards. It's okay, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think Not if I stay straight, I'm a failure. It's I can shift gears here and accept this new 
path and just go for it. Totally. I can't believe you uh, studied abroad in high school. It's awesome. can't believe we didn't get, get into that, but... Because that's not traditional. I went right? on one of those trips that I then went and was a leader on. So I just I went to like oh, Costa Rica okay. to cool. paint a school and study Spanish and try to hit on other girls. All right, <laughs> All right. Good. typical high school boys. As long as we didn't miss anything, yeah, juicy in that yeah. in that section. What? Um, so I guess the other question. So there's three questions that we typically ask at the end. It's the one that we just touched on. So what would you ask your younger, younger self? Um, the secret fun time question, which is usually the last, and then the one that I'm about to ask you now is, if a college student came in here and just was asking for advice, what would you tell that person? If it is any different than yeah. what you tell yourself. That's a, that's a good question. Uh, hopefully none of my current or former interns are listening. <laughs> but really, it, or if they are, take note. It's it Really, it's, man, it's being, all right, remember the five-paragraph essay? In yeah, high I hated that thing. Yeah. Man, I, I like live off of that. It's you know you you have an idea, you write it out. You have three things that are going to support that idea, to solve that problem. And that last paragraph summarizes it. That's the basis of like every proposal, every sales deck. It's just I never thought about that. Yeah, That's so, incredible. Yeah, I don't know. And so it's just so the advice is, I'll give you a project. It's the simplest project, but I need you to give me an outline of how you're going to tackle it. And then you need to start it. There needs to be a middle where all your support is. I mean, when I do a proposal, it's like, this is That's what's going to happen. Mean. This is how it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And then a summary. And if you can't do that, I, I don't know well, how you got this it. far in life. Yeah. Well, I hope there's teachers listening because you need to explain this to your students because it'll make so much more. It's like a history. like a way to life. Yeah. No, that, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why I'm freaking out about this so much. But, you know, growing up, you're like, this is stupid. So, yeah. I mean, like the example is, you know, I've been you know, give someone a project that, that I have worked with in the past and it's, you know, yeah, it's, just, it's, and also stop in the middle and come back and, you know, am I going in the right direction? You're like, well, that, that, that's why your teachers and professors said, you know, bring me an outline. Yeah. Let's, let's make sure you're on the right path here before you spend hours or days on it and it's crap. So the advice is just, and really the ultimate thing is just being able to finish what you started, man. Yeah. <laughs> See, I cheated. Outline uh, and finish what you started. Got they it. would, uh, if a project was due, they gave it to us on Monday and it was due in two weeks. But after the first week the outline was due, I would write the entire thing because I found out that they would give me all of their edits uh, and then I would smart. just line edit my papers. Yeah, my papers true. done in a week. Well, see, he's not a procrastinator. I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> it was also it was also well no, I am. It was one of the, it was one of those things too where it's like you know, and I, I like to think about this with most of my work. Or I try rather I try to embody this. We procrastinate because we see that things are um, incomplete or they're so small that we could do it later or they're too big so let's not touch it now. It's like, no, get as much as you can done now. And if you can get it all done now, fine. If you get it done early, sit on it. Mm-hmm. Go back to it. Give it one more look over. And then – because then you can go back. It's like, you know. Your weekends must just be totally free. No, not you're just at all. The, you're just doing all kinds of fun stuff. No, because each early. task that he does it opens up, you know, a whole other set of tasks that need to be done. So it's, it's never I, ending, I try to I, I try to do that work. Like if someone gives me like a change like a change request for something on the site, I look at it. I'm like, okay, it's going to involve X, Y, Z. I can do it. Okay, I'm going to do this now. And then I'll close if I'm like – I catch myself being like – Overly ADD. Mm-hmm. I close everything. Put headphones in. I turn on my Pomodoro, and I'm like, I'm doing this in 20 really? minutes. Whereas yeah. yeah. Brian and I added to the to do list. Yeah, and I, I try. Like, I'm like, the, I'm the chef that. Yeah, yeah, I'm the chef that everything has to marinate for. At least yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, rash decisions. I, I I try. 
I don't always Your brain do is it. different brain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Brrr. Next last question here is the secret fun time question. I actually did come up with one, kind of as we were sitting here. Yeah, I, go I noticed, for it. Noticed a couple of bottles of uh, alcohol, alcohol here in the corner. You got the McAllen 12-year, which is a great single malt. So that exactly. can if, if we get a, 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 a check of a certain amount, that's when we drink out of that. The, yeah, and that's nice. that's great. That can't be. This can't be your answer. But the question is, if you were converted magically into a booze, what booze would it be, and then why would it be that booze? Are we talking beer and liquor and wine? I'd have an answer. Yeah, I'm talking. I guess liquor, but yeah, sure. Any, okay. Any of the no, three. I, I just yeah, didn't any know. three. And you know what? Bonus. What would it be called? What would the brand be? All right, that's a good question. That's a good. Uh, uh, well, it's you know. I am an adult and I own a company and I'm professional, but I, I think inside I'm a bottle of tequila. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I want to be on the beach. I want to be in naked Mexico. dancing. Yeah, I just want to be. That's that's kind of where I am in my head when when things get tough. I'm a bottle of tequila down in Mexico. Or something. Awesome. Now, what's the name? Oh man, I don't know. Bride Diff Tequila? No, no, no. no, no. I don't know. Uh, how about Toes in Your Sand Tequila? I like it. Toes and sand. sand. No, toes in your sand is perfect toes because that means it's someone sand. else's sand <laughs> and it's your toes. <laughs> sandy, and also, toes. sandy toes tequila. There's actually a toe in every bottle. Yes, exactly. From, from, <laughs> what, from, from what I've read. It's the pinky toe. <laughs> oh, nice, man, like that's it. awesome. Uh, that's great. Um, pinky toe tequila. There you go. Perfect. Because a pinky toe actually fit in the bottle. Probably. Exactly. Yep. Um, you see the logo. Oh. So I think, I think that's it. Um, Brian, why don't you tell us uh, where people can reach you online, whether your website, Twitter, yep. obviously Instagram. Sure. If you have anything coming up that you sort of want to plug, anything like that, you totally your time. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Brian Diff on all channels, um, the Mobile Media Lab. You know, The only thing to plug is that uh, Instagram, I'm psyched, is what it is, and it's here to stay. And if anyone at an agency is listening, shoot me an email or give me a call because uh, there's lots to be done on this platform. Yeah, and check out uh, check out his Instagram feed, um, Brydiff. Uh, it's great. The photos are amazing. Um, you won't be sorry. Cool. All right, thanks, Brian. Thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us on the start. My pleasure. Thanks. Cool.